I heard about Joy through a friend, and I asked her. It was basically a blind date that only lasted 18 hours. Because <laughs> we went from Indiana to Chicago and, and back. And at the end of that, I thought, this is one hot woman. <laughs> And we had instant chemistry, and I thought this was really going to go somewhere. But then he didn't call me for three weeks, and I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Art of Spousing podcast, and thanks for taking some time out of your full life and joining us for this show. We hope you had a great week. We are so excited about today's episode. We have our two marriage mentors, the people we look up to, our heroes. We aspire to be them one day, Don and Joy Bray. They've been married 58 years, and anyone who knows Don and Joy Bray looks to them as a godly example of not only longevity, but vibrancy in a marriage. You know what, James? She says when Don walks in the room, she still has a flutter going on in her stomach. That's pretty cool. I love it. So we got to sit down with them in the studio and we asked them to share some of the major lessons that they've learned over almost six decades of marriage. What they shared with us was solid gold. They boiled it down to four significant choices that they continually make that has created their masterpiece marriage. So let's jump into our conversation with Don and Joy. Don and Joy, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being with us. Glad to be here. It's so great to be here. Thanks for this opportunity. So we are huge fans of the two of you. We actually give a lot of nuggets of wisdom, and we'll make sure we quote you on all of it on Art Espousing. So, but we're so glad that you're here with us. We'd love to hear a little bit about your marriage story. Sure. I heard about Joy through a friend, and I asked her. It was basically a blind date that only lasted 18 hours. <laughs> Because we went from Indiana to Chicago and and back. And at the end of that, I thought, this is one hot woman. (laughs) And we had instant chemistry. And I thought this was really going to go somewhere. But then he didn't call me for three weeks. And I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. But we finally figured it out by the end of the summer. Well, after the second date, I told one of the guys in the dorm that I was going to marry her. She was actually dating somebody else at the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Little problem well, you there. Know, he waited, you know, three weeks. So I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to sit around waiting. So, so for the next two years, we were 500 miles apart. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is pre cell phones. And so we wrote letters almost every day to each other for two years. Wow. Do you still have them? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have them in a fireproof safe because they could catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, because our courtship was long distance, we had a whole lot to learn after we got married. Yeah. And And so that's what this journey is about that we're going to talk about. Because as we look back, we had to grow up, we had to figure life out, and we had to figure marriage out all Mm. at once. And we did. And it was a lot of fun, but it's a journey. So 58 years of marriage, and you have kids, grandkids, a lot of them, right? Yes, we do. We have three biological children, and then we have three that we help to raise, and we have nine grandchildren and one great grandson. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, a lot of spiritual sons and daughters and granddaughters <laughs> and grandsons, yeah. We've been looking forward to this conversation, and when we talked to you about being on the podcast, we really wanted to spend some time talking to you about lessons that you've learned in your journey in marriage. You know, our espousing is all about 
marriage going from mundane to masterpiece. And we were just talking a few minutes ago that you guys really have a masterpiece marriage. And you're an example to so many of our friends and people in our church. But that didn't just happen overnight. You've had years and years to experience that. And so I love how you framed this around these thoughts around choices that you've made over the years that have become kind of the foundation Mm -hmm. of your marriage and your relationship. So I'm excited to jump into these and just hear from you. So I'd love for you to start with maybe the first choice or however you'd want to set this up. First choice that we came up with, choose to grow. Okay. You know, both of our parents were married for a lifetime. It wasn't a perfect marriage, but they stuck at it. And so when we were children, that provided a sense of security for us. But it also put within us a deep desire to model that ourselves Mm. and to be able to find someone that we could commit our lives to. And so that was kind of like the mindset that we had when we went into marriage. Yeah. My my dad said to me, never use the D word. And by that, he meant the divorce word. Mm. Yeah. And so we made a commitment to each other that never in anger or even in fun in any way would we ever say the word divorce. And we're halfway to 59. (laughs) That's a covenant that we've kept with each other. Having this commitment to longevity provides a platform for us to grow from, gives us the confidence that we can face issues and work through them because we know that we don't have any other choice because we're never going to divorce. Now, some of the folks that are listening today may not have that experience. And I think it could be helpful if you would make friends with someone that has a long-term marriage and just hang out with them and let them mentor you a bit because keeping a commitment in marriage is such a beautiful thing and is so rewarding. And we also had to grow up. <laughs> you know, we were tw- we were in our early 20s. We thought we were grown up, but yeah. we weren't. Um, we both brought a lot of scars from our childhood. I had pent up resistance to authority because my dad was very authoritative and, you know, we had to toe the line and if we didn't, too bad. And we were not allowed to express our opinions, so I felt silenced. Mm. So I took all that into my marriage, which was not Mm. very helpful. I was defined with what I didn't do. My dad was very musical. My sister and brother were very musical. And my dad looked at me one day and said, you're an archer. That's my mother because she didn't sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just an illustration of some of the things. I was more interested in sports not rather than education. Both my sister and brother were really great students. And so that developed some inferiority inside of me that I had to deal with and I brought into the marriage. I had to learn how to fight fair because mm. I knew how to fight, but I didn't know how to fight fair. Mm. I didn't know how to disagree agreeably. I wanted to blame other people. I didn't want to take responsibility for what I said. Mm. And I wouldn't take responsibility for my own emotions and actions. So I had a lot of growing up to do. I could cover it with my extroversion, rah-rah personality. But underneath it was stuff that we had to grow through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and mine was a bunch of emotional healing, really, that just took years. I mean, I was in my early 50s, actually, when I finally had a showdown with my dad. (laughs) Really? I mean, that sounds like I was really a slow learner. But anyway, (laughs) it finally happened. And there was a, a situation that I just thought, 
that the decision that he was making was not a moral choice. And I was able to express that in a way that I'd never been able to express that to my father before. And Don was right there. And that just that confrontation and the healing that came from the release of being able to be myself and to say what I thought in the right way just broke those chains of insecurity and That's all of amazing. that stuff of feeling. So, I mean, our marriage just stepped up like that. I mean, huge. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe wow. it. I mean, it was almost instantaneous, wasn't it, honey? It was. I mean, it was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it really, really was. So we won't go into detail. But, uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so another way that we like to grow is that we like to cheer each other on. Yeah. I remember several times I had, you know, of course, I raised the children and then I had my own career. But I always had expressed a desire to learn theology because my dad was a pastor. His dad was a pastor. Don's a pastor, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I just, blah, I blah, just blah. had a real. <laughs> I love it. It's a great heritage, honey. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a real desire desire to really understand the theological aspects of the word mm-hmm. and told Don about it. And there was a university nearby where I could do that. And he encouraged me to do that so that at the age of 60, I picked up my master's degree in Come Christian on. ministry mm-hmm. and Don cheered me on. <laughs> Thank you, hun. <laughs> so I'm an extrovert and Joy is an introvert. And Which I is tru- shocking to me. That is, that <laughs> yeah. is shocking. It was, it, I truly believe that when she really got to know God, she'd become an extrovert too. <laughs> and as we worked into our marriage, she never got it. So I th- then I began to do a study of personalities. And as I did that, I began to understand the value of who Joy was and how her, not just the introversion, but what it helped her to be and how she could be a blessing to my life. And as we learned how to do that and to integrate ourselves together, that really added a new dimension to our marriage. So that was a really critical area for me to learn how to appreciate people who are different than me and how much value they could bring. I love it. You know, a couple of years ago, we always come up with a word for the year. And I remember running into you, Miss Joy, and I was like, what's your word? It was literally just two years ago. You'll probably, you said grow. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. No, she didn't just say grow. <laughs> I'm like, but growth mindset is for you to be, I hope you don't mind me telling your age because I think it's very, you're okay with this? Oh, yes. That um, you guys are 80 years old and you're just growing and pursue growth in yeah. all areas. And so it's so inspiring. So yeah, I, I can totally see that choosing growth has been one of your choices. What is the second choice that's helped your marriage thrive? The second choice was to choose grace. Mm-hmm. One of the things that attracted us to each other was our commitment to love and serve God. That was just foundational. And we that had already been set in our minds. But then in our first year of marriage, we really committed to choose God's call over family, comfort, security, success, everything. And our journey has taken a lot of twists and turns. And some of them have been totally unexpected and actually not cheered on by some of our friends and family. I remember mm. when we were called to Papua New Guinea, we both prayed individually and felt very much that God was calling us there and agreed on that and told our family and friends. And many of them were not nearly as excited about (laughs) it as we were. But we just felt so clearly that that was the way to go. And it was a blessing to be able to do that together and not have any second guessing because of what other people were saying. And because we did it together, we faced a lot of tough things in New Guinea, but it positioned us for God's plan for our life. Mm -hmm. 
and took us to new places that we didn't even know. Fortunately, Joy and I have never had a major marital crisis, but we have what I call gravel in our shoes. Mm. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) And I was a perfectionist, a detail person, and I couldn't understand why Don couldn't get his act together and keep his appointments and get things done on time and all that. But gradually, God worked on me, and gradually, like Don said before, I saw the gift that he was to me by who he was, and that opened the door for us to celebrate and learn from our differences. So now I call myself a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really true because I'm still on this journey. I still like to finish Don's sentences. (laughs) And it happens all the time, doesn't it, dear? Yeah, today. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a grace challenge for him. So Joy calling me out was sometimes really difficult for me to handle, but she was respectful, not demeaning. And that helped me to respond to her in a similar way. Choosing to speak to each other with respect and kindness has helped our marriage thrive. In fact, it's been a really critical piece. As we grow older, our body parts become high maintenance. (laughs) I occasionally forget to put my hearing aids in and constantly ask Joy, what did you say? That happened today, too. (laughs) Where are they? (laughs) Yeah, so so we keep choosing grace. Well, I was just thinking about 58 years of marriage. That requires a lot of grace and kindness to to one another. And we just recently were doing an episode on 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient and kind, to show that kindness to one another over all these years. And it becomes a foundation that a lot of people don't have that sense of grace with one another. It's a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn and, like you said earlier, grow, and you're going to keep going forward. So you chose to grow, you chose grace. What will be the third choice? The third choice is to choose joy. I choose joy. (laughs) I think you did that 58 years ago, right? Every day. Every day. You know, fun is like yeast. It makes things flourish. (laughs) And one of the things that made me fall in love with Don was his sense of humor. But I still remember the day when he walked out of our home and I sensed that all the laughter walked with him. Hmm. And so I actually asked the Lord to specifically give me a sense of humor, and he did. (laughs) And we've built that as a core value in our marriage and our family, and it's made a huge difference. I like to be spontaneous. So occasionally, for no reason at all, I'll just bring Joy some flowers Hmm. and make her wonder what I did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I prefer chocolates. But I I do love to surprise her. And one of the things that that we've become famous for around here is our story of how we'll sneak up on each other when we're in the shower and pour some cold water on you. Lisa's learned that one from you. Yes, I've done it. It's fun to watch just the panic. I know. And what happens is an unbiblical response because the Bible says to let God bring revenge. But joy always brings it back. And so we used to sing silly songs. I loved when we would get together because we lived so far apart. Every moment was special to us, even so driving anywhere. I would start making up silly love songs to her that she seemed to enjoy. (laughs) I'm not as creative now as I used to be. But what we've done is we now sing silly songs to our grandkids on their birthdays. And a lot of times they'll not answer the phone because they want it to go to voicemail. (laughs) So as we sing off key and crazy stuff, they want to record it so they can show their friends their their crazy grandparents. Like we'll sing something like happy birthday (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) So, but you know, life isn't always fun. And so we have to learn to laugh even when it doesn't turn out like we, 
expect. I can remember camping trips where, you know, it was pouring rain and our tent filled with water. And <laughs> But now when we talk about that now, we just laugh and laugh and laugh because, you know, it was a character building experience. And that's what the kids say, Mom, you always said that. This is a character building experience, and it was. But that way, it's so much better than sitting around saying, oh, wish the rain would stop. Yeah, it's true. So we've got a great family story, which is called Love Beach. We did a family cruise, and Joy found in the Bahamas on one of the islands, there was a place called Love Beach, which they said was absolutely gorgeous, like a movie set. And it was public. So we loaded all 23 of us in a city bus, (laughs) dollar a piece, and went out 15 miles into the country and came to Love Beach. And it was just as spectacular as the guidebook said, except we were met by an American guy, about six foot three and 270 with shaved head. He was a bouncer. And he looked at us and he said, it'll cost you 50 bucks a piece to use the beach. Now this was Joyce's trip. So here's this six foot three inch bouncer guy. And then there's Joy at five foot two and 110 or maybe 115. And she walks up to him and says, no, you can't do that because the book says it's free. And so they had this argument. Finally, he came down to $35 a piece. So Joy, as the leader of the pack, says, we will not stay here. And so she turned around and everybody started marching off. Now, the fact is we came on a city bus, so there was no way for us to get back. But she started off, and fi- but I held back just a little bit, and the guy looked at me and goes, I don't want you guys to go away, man. You can use the beach for free, but you have to buy lunch at my restaurant. I said, we're going to do that anyway. So we're glad to do that. And the kicker was he had no food in his restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so when our family gets together and things get a little stale, somebody will say, love beach, and everybody breaks off. <laughs> yeah. I love it. As Grandma Joy took on the bouncer. Yes. I wish you could have a picture of that. I know. It would have been great. I know. Yes, I know. You are spicy. But the thing is that, you know, it's, we can pretend to be joyful sometimes, yeah. but our real joy comes from the Lord, yeah. of course. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's my life verse. And James one seventeen says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father, coming down from the Father of lights. So we've learned at an early age not to worry so much about money because our, our parents were both quite poor. They didn't ever act poor, but we had limited finances. And that was a good way to start because joy breeds gratitude. My parents never owned a home until they were 70 and bought a 900 square foot retirement cottage. But early on, they taught us the joy of simplicity and the power of gratitude. And I think that's one of the things that really mark our lives today is The fact that we're together, Mm -hmm. the fact that our love is fresh, a spirit of gratitude brings to us such a spirit of joy. And that did us well in Papua New Guinea as well, of course, because cooking on a wood stove ain't that great. (laughs) But, you know, just knowing that provided for my family was great. And then another thing that we wanted to tie into here was saying thank you. That's one of the practices that we do in our marriage Mm -hmm. is just all the time say thank you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take much, you know. Thanks, Don, for letting me put my cold feet on your legs. (laughs) And I'm so grateful. James, did you hear that? No. (laughs) I'm going to edit that part out. (laughs) And even this morning, thank you for fixing breakfast, honey, because Mm. he actually fixes breakfast every morning. 
I want you to know. Wow. And then he said, well, thank you for fixing the... I mean, it's just... I'm a serial specialist. (laughs) (laughs) But the big blessings blew us away. When we were in Papua New Guinea, Don happened to cut his thumb off, and and God provided a hand surgeon in the middle of Papua New Guinea to reattach it, and it's a huge, huge miracle. All the ways that God has creatively cared for us, wherever we have been, it's always been what we needed, and, and he has provided. Of course course, life isn't perfect. So, you know, we don't always understand everything that happens. We do have two beautiful children who live every day with severe disabilities. And just watching them, such huge challenges every day with courage and grace, fills us with gratitude for the God who is with us for the long haul. He's with them and he's with us. That's so beautiful. Mm, it is beautiful. We know some of your stories of even Papua New Guinea that we haven't talked about, but just some of your navigation of parenting and even that of just how you have grown through that and loved your kids through that and have actually taught us a lot about how to love our kids and parent them beautifully. We're it trying. is funny, those vacations and those times <laughs> that go haywire, mm-hmm. even for best. our kids, are the memories that they are. it's what you make of it mm-hmm. and the remember the choose joy in those things is such a huge lesson. Our family vacations that have gone upside down are the ones that everyone talks about. I know. Every time we're together. (laughs) It's it's always about James' behavior around it, which is always fun to make fun of. (laughs) Okay, so one more. What is the last choice? Well, our choice is to choose wonder. Mm. Now, for those that are a little older, they may remember Billy Graham and the crusades that he had and a soloist called George Beverly Shea. And he wrote a song the wonder of it all. And it is the wonder that God loves us, the wonder of his salvation. And I think that's one of the things that we've tried to do is to capture the wonder of what it is to belong to Jesus and to belong to each other. And the older we get and we reflect back on where we've been and the things we've done, I am absolutely astounded by joy. My heart is captured in wonder of who she is and what she's done. So one of the things that we do now to help us with a sense of wonder and is that every morning after breakfast, Joy goes to the piano and we sit down and find a song that is meaningful to us and we sing it together. Mm. It's not beautiful, <laughs> except except in our spirits. Mm. And what's so interesting, after we sing, then there are always songs about the Lord. But when we get done, we love each other more. So it always ends with a kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and one of the things that we've always loved to do as a couple is to travel. And because we worked in the area of missions, and that was most of our life story, we were able to visit over 85 countries. Wow. And you talk about the wonders of the world, and we've seen most of them up close and personal, and they're just breathtaking. I remember just stepping in front of the Taj Mahal, and I couldn't believe I was there, and it just took my breath away. Wonder is also in the little things. I mean, just the wonder of of reaching over and squeezing Don's hand and knowing he's still there after 58 and a half years. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Life is full of wonder. And what we've learned is that wonder leads to generosity. Joy, I told you, is an introvert. And introverts love privacy. But from actually the first month of our marriage, Joy has opened up our home to people to live with us, to stay with us, some for a week, some for a month. I can remember Julie calling us up from high school saying, there's an exchange student that can't go back to her home. Can I bring her home with me? And we said, how long will she stay? And I said, oh, probably a couple of days. Well, four months later. <laughs> And then in the mission field, people would come and we'd always have them in our home. They'd always 
move the kids around so there was an extra bed. And she may be an introvert, but Joy has the gift of hospitality, which she gives to other people generously. And over about 35 or six years ago, some missionary friends of ours needed a place for their kids. And these kids have become our kids over a lifetime now. And her commitment to generosity is something that's been very tender to us. So that feeling of generosity has spilled over, of course, into every area of our lives. And talking about financially, I can remember the very first mission pledge that we made. We called it a faith promise back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it really was for us because we we made a faith promise of $500, which back then was like... Well over a month's salary. Yeah, you might have... Well, yeah. It was just way out of limits. We had no idea how we would pay for it. And I still remember uh, shortly after that, Don got an invitation to the college that I'd graduated from to speak. And they gave him a check, an honorarium. And it was $500, which was more than, I mean, anyway, you know, so, but. My sermons weren't that good. (laughs) That was just one little tiny episode. But but God kind of made that at the beginning of our marriage to kind of help us have the faith to believe that he could help us to, you know, the way he had blessed us was so that we could bless others. And that's exactly what happened. So our greatest joy right now is to be able to bless others because our life has been such a blessing. I think as we prepared to share with you guys, the thing that impacted me is that life is a choice. Mm-hmm. And we're not victims, but we can keep making choices to see things, to work through things, to learn things. And What we've discovered is when we aligned ourselves with God's purposes Mm -hmm. and made those choices, that opened up life for us to live Mm. it to the full. Yeah, I love that choosing one. I love all of those four choices. So much stuff there that if you know listeners are listening today, taking one of those and just starting to apply those are going to take your marriage to a whole other place. And you guys are such an example of everything you shared there. We've we've watched you. We've known you for years, and it's true and authentic to who you are. So thank you for sharing all that. I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball. And, um, (laughs) you know, one of the things that we love about this podcast is it's really about practicing the art of spousing. And obviously you all have had a lot of practices to create this masterpiece marriage that you have. And you shared a couple of them, playing songs and singing and so forth. But I'd love to leave our listeners with one simple, practical tool or tip that they could apply, something that maybe you guys do on a regular basis or something that you found in your communication that you think would be helpful for our listeners. And it could be Pastor Don could have one, Miss mm-hmm. Joy could have one, or it could be a collective one. That's right. We did not mention this, but I would, I do think that probably one of the practices that we've done from day one has been praying to him because we can pray with other people, but when we pray just together, the two of us, something happens between us and between God, and I heartily recommend it That's every beautiful. day. Make That's it a habit. <laughs> Love it. I think for us, life has been a combination of little things that we keep doing, but probably one thing that I think is absolutely critical is the respect that we have for one another. Mm-hmm. And the typically your assumption is that you're right and they're wrong, but that's not respectful. For me to learn to respect Joy and to respect her insights and her judgment and to speak to her with respect and honor. You know, around here we say put a 10 on people's heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as we have sought to do that, 
that changes the atmosphere in which you live. That's so good. Money. Oh, that's such such rich stuff. And I think we could actually take this podcast and stretch it out and like, can we steal your material and we'll do a podcast <laughs> on this choice, that choice, and the other. What we always say is choose wonder. <laughs> that's right. That is Pastor Don, then it becomes ours. But all of them are great. But wonder does resonate with mm-hmm. me because it's something that I think you find what you're looking for. That's right. And so if you're looking for negativity and you're looking for things that are always going wrong or you're looking for and so to look for wonder just even in a touch and um, those things it's it's special you guys are so special to us special to so many it's just going to be amazing to see what this investment has been imparted into married people's lives we have a lot of young listeners we are thinking who's going to listen to us old people and we have a lot of young listeners more young listeners than older listeners right. and so i just think this is going to be a great example and inspiration to have everyone who listens so thank you so much thank you thank you thank you so much Man, that was some seriously good stuff, and it was so much fun. I don't know if we've ever laughed as much as we're recording this episode. Thanks again, Don and Joy, for spending time with us to create the show, and thanks to all of you listeners for taking time to be with us and listen to the podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you heard today, we love to connect with you. You can email us at artespousing.com, or you can also message us on Instagram at artespousing. We want to invite you back next week because we're going to share a recent learning around conflict that came as a real-life situation in our marriage. We think it's going to be super helpful for your marriage, so we hope you'll join us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on Art Espousing Podcast. Until then, bye-bye. bye-bye.